0: Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BBJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay and this is the show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found in the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a buy me a coffee link in every post. Tonight we continue our story The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham In accordance with the kindly badgers injunctions the two tired animals came down to breakfast very late next morning and found a bright fire burning in the kitchen and two young hedgehogs sitting on a bench at the table eating oatmeal porridge out of wooden bowls. The hedgehogs dropped their spoons, rose to their feet and ducked their heads respectfully as the two entered. There, sit down, sit down, said the rat pleasantly, and go on with your porridge. Where have you youngsters come from? Lost your way in the snow, I suppose? Yes, please, sir, said the elder of the two hedgehogs respectfully. Me and little Billy here, we was trying to find our way to school. Mother would have us go as the weather ever so, and... Of course we lost ourselves, sir, and Billy, he got frightened and took and cried, being young and faint-hearted. And at last we happened against Mr. Badger's back door and made so bold as to knock, sir, for Mr. Badger, he's a kind-hearted gentleman, as everyone knows. I understand, said the rat, cutting himself some rashers from a side of bacon, while the mole dropped some eggs into a saucepan. "'And what's the weather like outside? You needn't serve me quite so much,' he added. "'Oh, terrible bad, sir, terrible deep the snow is,' said the hedgehog. "'No getting out for the likes of you gentlemen today.' "'Where's Mr. Badger?' inquired the mole, as he warmed the coffee pot before the fire. "'The master's gone into his study, sir,' replied the hedgehog." and he said is how he was going to be particularly busy this morning, and on no account was he to be disturbed. This explanation, of course, was thoroughly understood by everyone present. The fact is, as already set forth, when you live a life of intense activity for six months in the year, and of comparative or actual somnolence for the other six, during the latter period you cannot be continually pleading sleepiness when there are people about or things to be done. The excuse gets monotonous. The animals well knew that Badger, having eaten a hearty breakfast, had retired to his study and settled himself in an armchair, with his legs up on another and a red cotton handkerchief over his face, and was being busy in the usual way at this time of the year. The front doorbell clanged loudly, and the rat, who was very greasy with buttered toast, sent Billy, the smaller hedgehog, to see who it might be. There was a sound of much stamping in the hall, and presently Billy returned in front of the otter, who threw himself on the rat with an embrace and a shout of affectionate greeting. "'Get off!' spluttered the rat with his mouth full. "'Thought I should find you here all right,' said the otter cheerfully. "'They were all in a great state of alarm along Riverbank when I arrived this morning. "'Rat never been home all night, no mole either. "'Something dreadful must have happened,' they said.' And the snow had covered up all your tracks, of course. But I knew that when people were in any fix, they mostly went to Badger, or else Badger got to know of it somehow. So I came straight off here through the wild wood and the snow. Oh, my, it was fine. Coming through the snow as the red sun was rising and showing against the black tree trunks. Ah. As you went along in the stillness, every now and then masses of snow slid off the branches suddenly with a flop, making you jump and run for cover. Snow castles and snow caverns had sprung up out of nowhere in the night, and snow bridges, terraces, ramparts. I could have stayed and played with them for hours. Here and there great branches had been torn away by the sheer weight of the snow, and robins perched and hopped on them in their perky conceited way. "'just as if they had done it themselves. "'A ragged string of wild geese passed overhead, "'high on the gray sky, "'and a few rooks whirled over the trees, "'inspected and flapped off homewards "'with a disgusted expression. "'But I meant no sensible being to ask the news of. "'About halfway across I came on a rabbit sitting on a stump, "'cleaning his silly face with his paws. "'He was a pretty scared animal when I crept up behind him, and placed a heavy forepaw on his shoulder, I had to cuff his head once or twice to get any sense out of it at all. At last I managed to extract from him that Mole had been seen in the wild wood last night by one of them. It was the talk of the burrows, he said, how Mole, Mr. Rat's particular friend, was in a bad fix, how he'd lost his way, and they were up and out hunting, and were shivving him around and around. Then... "'Why didn't any of you do something?' I asked. "'You might be blessed with brains, "'but there are hundreds and hundreds of you big stout fellows "'as fat as butter and your burrows running in all directions, "'and you could have taken him in and made him safe and comfortable "'or tried to, at all events.' "'What, us?' he merely said. "'Do something, us rabbits?' "'So I cuffed him again and left him. "'There was nothing else to be done.' At any rate, I had learned something, and if I had had the luck to meet any of them, I'd have learned something more, or they would. Weren't you at all uh, nervous, asked the mole, Some of yesterday's terror coming back to him at the mention of the wild wood. Nervous? The otter showed a gleaming set of strong white teeth as he laughed. <laughs> I'd give him nerves if any of them tried anything on with me. "'Here, Mole, fry me some slices of ham, like the good little chap you are. "'I'm frightfully hungry, and I've got any amount to say to Ratty here. "'Haven't seen him for an age.' "'So the good-natured Mole, having cut some slices of ham, "'set the hedgehogs to fry it, and returned to his own breakfast, "'while the otter and the rat, their heads together, "'eagerly talked river-shop, which is long-shop, and talk that is endless.' "'running on like the babbling river itself. "'A plate of fried ham had just been cleared and sent back for more, "'when the badger entered, yawning and rubbing his eyes, "'and greeted them all in his quiet, simple way, "'with kind inquiries for everyone. "'It must be getting on for luncheon time,' he remarked to the owner. "'Better stop and have it with us. "'You must be hungry this cold morning.' "'Rather,' replied the otter, winking at the mole. "'The sight of these greedy young hedgehogs stuffing themselves with fried ham "'makes me feel positively famished.' "'The hedgehogs, who were just beginning to feel hungry again after the porridge "'and after working so hard at their frying, "'looked timidly up at Mr. Badger but were too shy to say anything. "'Here, you two youngsters be off home to your mother,' said the Badger kindly.' I'll send someone with you to show you the way. You won't want any dinner today, I'll be bound. He gave them sixpence apiece and a pat on the head, and they all went off with much respectful swinging of caps and touching of forelocks. Presently they all sat down to luncheon together. The mole found himself placed next to Mr. Badger, and, as the other two were still deep in river gossip from which nothing could divert them, He took the opportunity to tell Badger how comfortable and home-like it all felt to him. Once well underground, he said, you know exactly where you are. Nothing can happen to you and nothing can get at you. You're entirely your own master. And you don't have to consult anybody or mind what they say. Things go on all the same overhead and you let them and don't bother about them. "'When you want to, up you go, and there the things are waiting for you.' "'The badger simply beamed on him. "'That's exactly what I say,' he replied. "'There's no security or peace and tranquility except underground, "'and then if your ideas get larger and you want to expand, "'why, a dig and a scrape, and there you are. "'If you feel your house is a bit too big,' You stop up a hole or two, and there you are again. No builders, no tradesmen, no remarks passed on you, my fellows looking over your wall, and above all, no weather. Look at Rat now a couple of feet of flood water, and he's got to move into hired lodgings. Uncomfortable, inconveniently situated, and horribly expensive. Take Toad. I say nothing against Toad Hall. Quite the best house in these parts as a house. But supposing a fire breaks out, where's Toad? Supposing tiles are blown off or walls sink or crack or windows get broken, where's Toad? Supposing the rooms are draughty, I hate or draught myself, where's Toad? No, up and out of doors is good enough to roam about and get ones living in. "'but underground to come back to at last? "'That's my idea of home.' "'The mole assented heartily, "'and the badger in consequence got very friendly with him. "'When lunch is over,' he said, "'I'll take you all around this little place of mine. "'I can see you'll appreciate it. "'You understand what domestic architecture ought to be, you do.' "'After luncheon, accordingly,' when the other two had settled themselves into the chimney corner and had started a heated argument on the subject of eels. The badger lighted a lantern and bade the mole follow him. Crossing the hall, they passed down one of the principal tunnels, and the wavering light of the lantern gave glimpses on either side of rooms, both large and small, some mere cupboards, others nearly as broad and imposing as Toad's dining hall. A narrow passage at right angles led them into another corridor, and here the same thing was repeated. The mole was staggered at the size, the extent, the ramifications of it all, at the length of the dim passages, the solid vaultings of the cramped store chambers, the masonry everywhere, the pillars, the arches, the pavements. "'How on earth, Badger?' he said at last." Did you ever find time and strength to do all this? It's astonishing. It would be astonishing indeed, said the Badger simply, if I had done it. But as a matter of fact, I did none of it. Only cleared out the passages and chambers, as far as I had need of them. There's lots more of it all round about. I see you don't understand... And I must explain it to you. Well, very long ago, on the spot where the wild wood waves now, before ever it had planted itself and grown up to what it now is, there was a city, a city of people, you know. Here, right where we're standing, they lived and walked and talked and slept and carried on their business. Here they stabled their horses and feasted. From here they rode out to fight or drove out to trade. They were a powerful people and rich great builders. They built to last, for they thought their city would last forever. But what has become of them all? asked the Mole. Who can tell? said the Badger. People come, they stay for a while, they flourish, they build, and they go. It is their way. But we remain. There were badgers here, I've been told, long before that same city ever came to be. And now there are badgers here again. We are an enduring lot, and we may move out for a time. But we wait and are patient and back we come. And so it will ever be. "'Well, and when they went at last, uh, those people,' said the mole. "'When they went,' continued the badger, "'the strong winds and persistent rains took the matter in hand, patiently, "'ceaselessly, year after year. "'Perhaps we badgers, too, in our small way, helped a little. "'Who knows? "'It was all down, 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 gradually, "'ruin and leveling and disappearance.' Then it was all up, 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 gradually as seeds grew to saplings and saplings to forest trees and bramble and fern came creeping in to help. Leaf mold rose and obliterated streams in their winter freshets brought sand and soil to clog and to cover and in course of time our home was ready for us again and we moved in. Up above us, on the surface, the same thing happened. Animals arrived, liked the look of the place, took up their quarters, settled down, spread and flourished. They didn't bother themselves about the past. They never do. They're too busy. The place was a bit humpy and hillocky, naturally, and full of holes, but that was rather an advantage. And they don't bother about the future, either. The future, when perhaps the people will move in again for a time, as may very well be. The wild wood is pretty well populated by now with all a lot. Good, bad, and indifferent. I name no names. It takes all sorts to make a world. But I fancy you know something about them yourself by this time. I do indeed, said the mole with a slight shiver. Well, well, said the badger patting him on the shoulder. It was your first experience of them, you see. They're not so bad, really, and we must all live in let live. But I'll pass the word around tomorrow, and I think you'll have no further trouble. Any friend of mine walks where he likes in this country, or I'll know the reason why. When they got back to the kitchen again, they found the rat walking up and down. "'very restless. "'The underground atmosphere was oppressing him and getting on his nerves, "'and he seemed really to be afraid "'that the river would run away if he wasn't there to look after it. "'He had his overcoat on and his pistols thrust into his belt again. "'Come along, Mole. "'Come along, Mole,' he said anxiously as soon as he caught sight of them. "'We must get off while it's daylight.' "'Don't want to spend another night in the wild wood again.' "'It'll be all right, my fine fellow,' said the otter. "'I'm coming along with you, and I know every path blindfold. "'And if there's a head that needs to be punched, "'you can confidently rely on me to punch it.' "'You really needn't fret, Ratty,' added the badger placidly. "'My passages run further than you think, "'and I've bolt holes to the edge of the wood in several directions. "'Though I don't care for everybody to know about them.' When you really have to go, you shall leave by one of my shortcuts. Meantime, make yourself easy and sit down again. The rat was nevertheless still anxious to be off and attend to his river, so the badger, taking up his lantern again, led the way along a damp and airless tunnel that wound and dipped, part vaulted, part hewn through solid rock, for a weary distance that seemed to be miles. At last... Daylight began to show itself confusedly through tangled growth overhanging the mouth of the passage, and the badger, bidding them a hasty goodbye, pushed them hurriedly through the opening, made everything look as natural as possible again, with creepers, brushwood, and dead leaves, and retreated. They found themselves standing on the very edge of the wild wood, rocks and brambles and tree roots behind them, confusedly heaped and tangled, In front, a great space of quiet fields, hemmed by lines of hedges black on the snow, and far ahead, a glint of the familiar old river, while the wintry sun hung red and low on the horizon. The otter, as knowing all the paths, took charge of the party, and they trailed out on a beeline for a distant stile. Pausing there a moment and looking back, they saw the whole mass of the wild wood, dense, menacing, compact, Grimly set in vast white surroundings. Simultaneously they turned and made swiftly for home, for firelight and the familiar things it played on, for the voice, sounding cheerily outside their window, of the river that they knew and trusted in all its moods, that never made them afraid with any amazement. As he hurried along, eagerly anticipating the moment when he would be at home again, among the things he knew and liked, The Mole saw clearly that he was an animal of tilled field and hedgerow, linked to the ploughed furrow, the frequented pasture, the lane of evening lingerings, the cultivated garden plot. For others, the asperities, the stubborn endurance, or the clash of actual conflict that went with nature in the rough, he must be wise, must keep to the pleasant places in which his lines were laid, and which held adventure enough, in their way, to last for a lifetime. We'll continue our story on our next episode. We are always on the hunt for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. If you found some value in our storytelling tonight, don't forget to show the love. There's a buy me a coffee link on every post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)